uh, when Chucky says that the 2000s aren't retro, I'm going to slap you in the face with a bunch of words here that are going to show how retro the year 2000 really was. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, Dueling Decades? This is Wax. Peace to all you guys, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. Will it be the 90s or the 80s? Beanie Babies or Crack Babies? Will it be Nirvana or Madonna? Maybe Britney, maybe Whitney. Do you like new metal or new wave? Dave Grohl or Super Dave? I don't know. But now the battle begins. Dueling Decades. Let's see who wins. Dueling Decades. Broadcasting from the newspapers.com studios, it's the adult-only retro game show where the decades battle for supremacy because it's your history. We just fight for it. I am Mark James, and welcome back to Dueling Decades. This week, duelers, due to popular demand, we venture into uncharted territory here on the show as we expand into the future and welcome the next decade, the 2000s, into the game for the very first time. Boys and girls, this might be the greatest night in the history of our sport. And what better way to kick it off than with an all-2000s battle. I'll be battling with May of 2009 alongside these men. First off, representing May of 2000. Welcome back to the show, the media king of the north, it's Joe Finley. Ladies and gentlemen, I have missed this a lot. It is so good to be back with everybody. I'm excited, and I'm excited to be the first person to say I am doing the year 2000 in the year 2000 I, I cannot get there apparently i thought i was gonna give it a shot and it failed miserably also on the panel this week in dueling with may of 2005 say hello to chucky balzac what's doing duelers what's going on chucky the wolfman savage garbage pail flicks podcasts and videos i'm dedicating today's duel to the comedian, actor, director, Bobcat Goldthwait, who turned 60 today. Huzzah, huzzah. As always here on the show, we need somebody to adjudicate all of this awesomeness. So back behind the bench is the man who always reminds you to live, laugh, and limp biscuit. All rise for the honorable bum wine Bob. All right, all right, all right. Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Uh, yeah, hey, it's great to be back here, back behind the bench again on Dueling Decades and to venture into the 2000s for the first time ever. So if it goes south fast, then you can blame me. And, well, nice knowing you guys. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest will be held under Dueling Decades rules. The judges coin flip shall decide who picks first out of the five dueling decades categories, movies, television, music, news, and hot products. A judge's ruling will determine who wins each round, allowing the victor to choose the next available category. The first three rounds are worth one point each, with rounds four and five worth two points apiece. And in the event of a tie after all five rounds, we'll go to the final Wild card round. All right, duelers, it's time for more. Dueling Decades. All right, so for the coin toss this week, let's go right down to Bumwine Bob to see who goes first. It'll be between Chucky and Joe Finley. I have with me a nice little uh, pull tab off of my MD2020 Spike Punch Can. The top side 
which will be heads, would be the black side. And then we have a silver side on the back for the tails. I guess, uh, who was calling it? I will call it, I'm going to call Tails. Okay, let's flip it up. See? And Tails it is. Nice. All right, Chucky, you won the coin toss. You take control of the board. Which category are we going with first? Oh, boy. Um, Let's go with uh, TV first. Why not? I always like starting with TV. Um, And in 2005, uh, though I'm kind of... uh, not a, not in familiar territory for myself, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna try anyway in this uh, in this game. Maybe I'll pull off a win, uh, a big upset, since I'm, I'm not in a familiar territory to, uh, tonight. Um, just in, but on TV in two thousand five, uh, just in time for the last sweeps period of oh four oh five, uh, the television season, a new block took over Sunday nights on the Fox network. Uh, the first program. Uh, to orientate on said block was a new comedy from Seth, uh, from Family Guy creator Seth MacFarlane titled American Dad, which the series pilot premiered on February 6, 2005, following the Super Bowl. Uh, but the rest of the first season then started and aired on this block on May 1st, 2000, or May 1st, 2005, uh, rounding out this aptly named animation domination lineup. Alongside American Dad were The Simpsons, the longest running cartoon on Fox to date, King of the Hill from the brilliant mind of Mike Judge, Beavis and Butthead, and of course, McFarlane's baby, The Family Guy. In maybe its third return by 2005, um, they were taken off TV a few times, so I can't really keep track. Um, this was a very memorable, a very memorable block of animated series uh, that dominated, pun intended, uh, the Sunday nights. Um, honorable mention of Futurama that was later added. Uh, lasted with a similar lineup until uh, beginning of fall 2014. When the animation domination block died and was replaced by Sunday Funday block with the addition of live action comedies, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Last Man on Earth. Uh, the block returned on September 29th, 2019 with the series favorite Simpsons, Bob's Burgers and Family Guy. Uh, still in some form in 2022, but not sure of the lineup right now. Uh, Simpsons, Bob's Burgers, Family Guy might still be on there. Um, I don't watch much TV, but, uh, in 2005, when Animation Domination debuted on May 1st, 2005 on Fox TV, I was tuned in. <laughs> All right, Joe Finley, uh, what do you have for the television round? I got a pretty good one, I got to say. Uh, this mo- this show is responsible for basically the creation of an entire genre of television that still exists to this day. Uh, it is a show that, despite the fact that it debuted in the year 2000, is still on to this day, and it is celebrating, it's the, it just celebrated the end yesterday of its 42nd season. It was also one of the first shows to offer a prize of $1 million to the winner. This is not Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, who did have a two-week special the year prior. I give you Survivor. <laughs> May 31st found the debut of Survivor hosted by Jeff Probst and produced by Mark Burnett who had previously produced the Eco Challenge 
program. Uh, it is based on a show from Sweden called Expedition Robinson, and it features multiple tribes facing against each other in various challenges, and week by week, one person being eliminated, with the last person standing being awarded $1 million. Uh, like I said, it just finished its 42nd season. It does two seasons a year. Uh, there, obviously, for some mysterious reason, they had to skip a couple of those seasons. We won't get into that. Uh, it won seven Emmys over its lifetime so far, and it's had a lot of really interesting people uh, going to all these exotic islands and stuff like that. Uh, most famous right off the bat is Richard Hatch, the first ever winner of the million dollars, who ended up spending 51 months in prison for evading taxes on that money. Uh, he was something else. Uh, former Fox and Friends host Elizabeth Hasselbeck found her fame on Survivor before getting that job, and then just a lot of actual celebrities decided to, like, you know, try it out. Uh, people like uh, Tamara Johnson from Sisters with Voices, Jimmy Johnson, uh, famed NFL coach, uh, Lisa Welchel from uh, Facts of Life, Cliff Robinson, the NBA player, John Rocker, famed pitcher, and WWE wrestlers John Morrison and Ashley Massaro. And then on top of that, a number of ex-NFL, NBA, Olympic players and all these things. But it is still a hot show on Wednesdays on primetime and CBS. And... You know, as they say, it's got legs. In fact, it's got tons of legs because all the people running around all the time on the beaches. <laughs> so May 31st, 2000, the debut of Survivor. Fantastic. All right, gentlemen, call your cable provider now because on May 17th, 2009, it was the WWE's Judgment Day live on pay-per-view from the Allstate Arena in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, the attendance that night was 14,822. They also had 228,000 buys on pay-per-view. This was the 11th and final Judgment Day pay-per-view. The next year, it was replaced by Over the Limit for a few years. Uh, the theme song for the night was Rescue Me by the legendary band, Buck Cherry. Okay, maybe not that legendary, <laughs> but... Uh, Dave Melser of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter said of the show, no great matches, but six or seven matches that were good to very good, a lot of good finishes. He praised The Miz, of all people, on his speaking role, calling it the best mic work The Miz has ever done. And this was back in 2009, so... So if we look for the look at the card for that evening, uh, they started off with a dark match. We had Mickey James defeating Beth Phoenix in that dark match, uh, and then the show opened up with Umaga defeating CM Punk in 11 minutes and 52 seconds. Uh, Meltzer would give that one three and a fourth stars. In the next match we had Christian retaining the ECW World Heavyweight Title over Jack Swagger in just under 10 minutes. That one got two and a half stars. And then next up, we have Survivor contestant John Morrison defeating Shelton Benjamin in uh, 10 minutes and 8 seconds. Uh, Meltzer actually gave that one three and a four stars. Uh, then next up, we have, I think, what's probably my favorite match of the night. Two of my favorite wrestlers of all time. We had Rey Mysterio retaining the Intercontinental Championship over Chris Jericho. Uh, they got just over 12 minutes in that match. And uh, Meltzer only gave it three and three, four stars. Uh, so the big feud going into this pay-per-view was Batista versus Randy Orton. Uh, and in that match, the future Jax the Destroyer, he beat Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. 
in 14 minutes and 44 seconds. Uh, Meltzer, not a huge fan of that one, only gave it three stars. Uh, next up is probably the match everyone would skip over. We had John Cena defeating The Big Show. Uh, Meltzer gave that one and one four stars. That went about 15 minutes, believe it or not. If you listen to interviews now with uh, The Big Show, Paul White, he talks about who the people have asked him, who's the strongest guy you ever wrestled with? He always says John Cena. He could just pick him up with ease. It was incredible. Uh, and then the main event, Edge retains the big gold belt over Jeff Hardy in just over 20 minutes. That one gets three and three, four stars. Now, we like to talk about things that have legs here on the show. Well, this pay-per-view has legs because if you follow the current product, Edge has a new stable now. And it's called Judgment Day. So I give you WWE's Judgment Day, May 17th, 2009. All right, let's throw it right down to Bumwine Bob on his verdict for the television round. <laughs> uh, see, see, Mark, I like what you did there, tying everything together with the with the retro and the current uh, <laughs> and, and, and trying to, to, to sway my vote when you bring in the wrestling. I guess the only bad thing was during this time period, I was not watching the product. So, I, I, yeah, here, yeah, yeah. So and, 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 it, and it doesn't and it doesn't it, it's a it's a good I mean, it's a great card. You run down the talent and you see how many of those people are still active today. Yeah, and, and wrestling, or in either WWE or AEW, and and then you tie in the whole Judgment Day now with Edge and his current stable, uh, then Chucky bringing in the Animation Domination block, which was a staple on Fox for years, and with the introduction of American Dad into that whole group of all their their crazy animated shows on Fox, but I think. Uh, when Joe said 40-some-odd seasons of Survivor in 2000, I mean, while, yes, as we said, it is the same stuff over and over again <laughs> for, for the most part, but people love that stuff. So I got to go with Joe and Survivor taking the TV round here. It's a, it, it's, it's a classic. All right, Joe, you pick up our first point, but more importantly, you take control of the board. What category are we going with next? Oh, this board belongs to me, baby, and we're going to go with the hot <laughs> products. All right, so uh, the this product launched on May 28th of the year 2000. It is a free product, so you can't beat the price right off the bat. But more importantly, I kind of trapped all you mofos yesterday because I asked a question. Hey, guys, what did you all use to edit your podcasts? And what was the answer uh, that everybody gave? Audacity. audacity. <laughs> the audacity. Uh. Audacity launched May 28th, 2000. It is pretty much the most used uh, piece of software because it is a free piece of software uh, and it is just very intuitive and it's just very easy to use if you go on any just even a podcast forum or something and somebody's like hey what do you got to use this boom audacity 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 so it was developed by dominic mazzoni and roger dannenberg at carnegie mellon university um since they launched it the software has uh, has had more than 300 million downloads it's currently the number one downloaded software on its host Foss Hub, uh, it, and that's since I think 2007 when they moved there from SourceForge. Uh, it won the SourceForge Awards twice for the Community Choice of Best Project for Multimedia 
I know it doesn't get simpler and you can't beat the price audacity for all us podcast nerds. We're all using it. We're all loving it. Yeah. I've been using audacity since the beginning. Matter of fact, I was using it back when it was cool. Edit pro. So I remember that. <laughs> sponsor, sponsor us, <clears throat> sponsor us. <laughs> all right, Chucky, what do you have for the hot products round? Well, I was, happy to see that in 05 our beloved and often used, I say that sarcastically, uh, YouTube launched in February of 05, so I missed it by that much. <laughs> <laughs> so in May of 05, we'll go to the opposite spectrum. Gaming consoles booming and scrubbing for the top spots as usual. The official unveiling of this system occurred on May 12th, 2005 on an MTV program called the MTV Presents the Next Generation system name here revealed. <laughs> the special was hosted by actor Elijah Wood and it featured a musical performance by the band The Killers. Because what else screams 2005 but The Killers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the home console was also featured on the cover of Time Magazine on May 23rd, 2005. So May 2005 was dominated by this console. The cover showed shows Microsoft CEO Bill Gates holding up one of the units and in the article says, quote, it's perfect. Microsoft announced at the E3 conference that the system would also be backwards compatible with their existing system games in addition to over 160 games that were currently in development in 2005 for this brand new system that was launching with 40 titles. The price was $399.99 for the uh, uh, core system and another $100 for more RAM. In 2005, May, the launching of the Microsoft's new gaming console... (laughs) <laughs> the xbox 360 i recall the xbox 360 in 2005 because i was working at blockbuster video and <laughs> the the block the 360 games were never in every single one we had probably like 20 or 25 titles we had of 360 they were rented out every day there was never any in it for the probably till about 2006 or 7 like, it was pretty much like, because that was like, yeah, it was insane. And I didn't have one, but I worked there and everyone had, like kind of hit me on it and would tell me about it. And people who owned it that worked with me and like, you know, so I knew a lot about it. But yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I wasn't into gaming as you guys weren't into wrestling. I mean, 2005, 2000s, man. I don't know. Not feeling it. Sorry. <laughs> I'll say I'll go on record saying that right now. Garbage pail flicks were retro. Retro all the way. Sorry. Just... Yeah. All right, Chucky. Well, I'm kind of glad you brought the uh, Xbox 360 because for my hot products pick, I actually brought a video game that I would play on the Xbox 360. So See? There you for go. my hot product this week, I bring you a video game released on May 17th, 2009. I give you Cave Game. No? <laughs> Nobody knows Cave Game? Sounds cool. Anybody? <laughs> uh, anybody? Yeah, it sa- sounds no? fun. I'm right. sold. Well, the game was renamed. You guys might know it by its other name, Minecraft. 
Ah. So the first edition of Minecraft, uh, called the Java edition, was made by Marcus Pearson, a.k.a. Notch, he, in a single weekend in early of May 2009. And then he released it on a forum uh, that was made for independent game developers called TigSource. So the block-based building game has become one of the biggest, if not the biggest game in the world. Now, what sets Minecraft apart from other building games where you build is that instead of just simply creating structures, you also have to gather resources to build those structures, all while trying to survive hostile mobs such as creepers, spiders, zombies. Now, Microsoft acquired Mojang Studios, the parent company for Minecraft, for $2.5 billion in 2014. Now, that's roughly 20 times the earnings of the company. Uh, Minecraft's mobile version is responsible for nearly 30% of all of its revenue generated. Over 130 million people play Minecraft once a month, and uh, Minecraft has generated approximately $3 billion over its lifetime in game sales alone. That's not counting merchandising or everything else. So, released uh, May 17th, 2009, I give you Minecraft. Uh, I hate to say it, it's probably one of my favorite video games of all time. It's just, it's mindless fun. It's relaxing. <laughs> I can smoke a bowl, play some Minecraft. There you go. It's great. <laughs> if, if you're high and a creeper comes up on you, I don't even want to think about what that, what that is. I don't even know what a creeper is. <laughs> it, it, it's exactly what you think. <laughs> All right, let's toss this one down to Bumwine Bob for his verdict on the Hut Products round. Lay it on us, Bob. All right, this is a tough one, guys. You really, you guys brought some great uh, options here for the Hot Products, uh, starting with Joe and Audacity. I mean, we're we're using it as we speak right now. The Audacity. Uh, the Audacity to use the Audacity, and I use it for for my podcast. Uh, it, it is a great piece of software. Uh, it's it's free. Free free is good. I'm always down for anything free. So you can chalk me up as a as a a fan of that. Uh, and then with with Mark and and Minecraft, I mean that you can't deny the the following that Minecraft yeah. had at that time. I remember seeing people all over the place. It was Minecraft this and kids getting sucked into it. For, for years and years, and while I guess it's not as prevalent today, it, it still is. I mean, it's not, doesn't have as, maybe as a big of a following today. It's the number one streamed it, game on Twitch. Right yeah, now. I don't know if it's just that you don't yeah. see it. I, I don't know if it's just that you don't see it as promoted as much. I don't know, it just seems like during that time, it was just like an explosion. It kind of shifted from uh, playing it to people watching it being played. Right, <laughs> right, know, right. As, as right, a lot yeah. of games do. I mean. Yeah, and, right, right. But and, everybody's watching stuff on Twitch now. Yeah. Yeah, in, in doing the research for this, I came across a, an amazing statistic that blew my mind. It, people watched Minecraft things on YouTube 206 billion times. Oh, yeah. Most yeah. of them were children. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the kids love it. I've watched more than three Minecraft videos today. I am not lying. To you. <laughs> yeah, so so definitely, you, you can't deny the Minecraft. But Pipe, I think bike train. <laughs> but with with Chucky brings along the Xbox 360, the introduction of that, 
mean, I well, I didn't have one in the beginning. It took me a year or two after you know, that 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 three ninety nine price at the time was a little too uh, steep for my blood. But I had friends who got it, and I can't tell you how many long nights were spent playing games and, and drinking and partying and hanging out just playing right. all these games. Was it G- GTA four. GTA four. I used to play a lot on there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a, a ton, a ton of games. I mean, it's great. I mean, it's probably one of the, if not the best, you know, selling consoles and games, and and the the real introduction of the Xbox Live. I mean, while the original Xbox had Xbox Live, this was like the revamped, right. more streamlined version of it, and yeah. just hanging out at home and playing games with people playing online. So, Chucky, as much as you don't want to admit it. You you get the points on this one yeah. with the Xbox 360, so you hey, you're, you're I, getting in yeah. there, you're diving good, in. Good, good, yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, I, this is this is going to be my whole my my thing. This this is going to be. I'm not familiar with it, but I'm I know. But you the bring shit. the products, yeah. yeah I, got, I got the I got the the ammunition. I just you know behind it, there's not too much you know passion behind it. Right. <laughs> All right, Chuckster, you tie this game up with Joe. You take control of the board. What category are we going with for our final one-point round? Oh, boy. Okay, let me see here. Oh, you know, let's just go music. I'm going to get that out of the way. Um, Music. Oh, boy. <laughs> As I was saying off the air, in 2005, my music uh, tastes changed drastically, especially, you know, like 2003 to 2005, six. you know. Um, I really, uh, if you look at the charts, there was a lot of, um, transitioning, uh, with music in 2005. Um, the band I chose reluctantly is from Chicago where I'm from. So there are uh, Wilmette natives, um, uh, to be exact, uh, not my cup of noodles, but Hey, you know, they're homegrown boys. And, uh, they had a single in 2005 that nobody could fucking escape. Uh, in the band's uh, second studio album, released through Island Records as their major label debut, uh, there is a number of hits, uh, I use this loosely, uh, but in 05, they ushered in a heavy pop-punk wave of bands uh, like Hawthorne Heights, Dashboard Confessionals, Jimmy Eat World, and Some 41, God bless them, uh, took over the airplay waves and heavy rotation. I witnessed... Top 40 alternative rock stations change formats and start playing this crap nonstop. <laughs> as the dreaded emo scene kids were sprouting up across the country to irritate metalheads uh, who were really into System of a Down or your standard juggalo with their uh, whiny shrill sounds, this band opened the floodgates for this crap. <laughs> Music was composed by lead vocalist and guitarist Patrick Stump, what a stupid name, with all lyrics penned by bassist Pete Wentz. The album most notable tracks were Dance, Dance, and Sugar We Goin' Down Swingin'. I'll be another one with a bullet, a loaded gun complex cutting bullet, we're going down, down, and <laughs> Defin- definitive earworm song if there ever was one 
so the era of um came in rolling in on may 3rd 2005 the release of from under the cork tree from fallout boy (laughs) (laughs) strange fucking times in 2005 for music or maybe i was just realizing my generation's music didn't suck around this time (laughs) you know everybody everybody goes through that you know you always you think of your parents you know when you're when you're younger and you listen to your music your parents are like oh that's terrible it's not like my music we're like oh you're old you know well that's when i started realizing god the stuff i listen to is like way better than this bullshit that they're putting on now (laughs) (laughs) I, i just yeah it was such a weird time for music I was really into hard, like, horrorcore and noir. (laughs) (laughs) That just didn't, wasn't this. (laughs) Fucking Fallout Boy. (laughs) (laughs) Says it all right there. All right, Joe Finley, what did you bring for the music round? I brought Guar. Now, <laughs> yes, thank you. Jesus Christ, take us out of this shit. I no, I brought a really interesting one. Dump it on us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I brought I brought an interesting one for sure. Uh, it is this man's third album, but most people really kind of consider it his second because the first one didn't do a whole lot of anything, and then the second one made him a megastar. So this is his follow-up to that. Uh, It peaked at number one on the charts in 15 different countries, cracked the top three in nine other countries, and all I have to say is won't the real Slim Shady please stand up? I give you (laughs) check your sweater, for Mom's Spaghetti, because it's the Marshall Mathers LP by Eminem. Uh, it was the follow-up to his hit Slim Shady LP, and this album features The Real Slim Shady, The Way I Am, and The Famous Stan. The album sold over 12 million copies in the U.S. alone. It won Grammys for Best Rap Album, Best Solo Rap Performance. It was nominated for Best Album. And Dr. Dre, who produced the album, actually won Producer of the Year. Not specifically for this album, but just kind of as an overall deal. Uh, So it was a gigantic thing. It just cemented Eminem as not a flash in the pan from that one breakout album and has made him one of the preeminent hip-hop artists even today so much so that he was part of that halftime show of legendary rappers that just uh you know passed fairly recently at the super bowl so i give you the marshall mathers lp by eminem released may 23rd 2000 nice. just just give it to joe because that was just <laughs> we don't know yet i'm gonna hey mark mark has a chance uh... well now see oddly <laughs> enough the biggest album that was out in my year of May 2009 was Eminem's album, Relapse. <laughs> but no fucking way am I picking that. <laughs> so, for my music this week, I give you Flight 666, the live concert video and album from the icons of rock themselves, Iron Maiden. Released May 22nd, 2009, the accompanying video went number one in 19 different countries, including the USA, Mexico, and Canada, who actually had to wait till early June for the North American release of the album and video. The album has absolute gorgeous presentation, has a nice big booklet, tons of photos, great layout, you even get an essay from Steve Harris. 
Uh, the album was certified gold in Canada. In the video, it went platinum in six countries. So if we take a look at the track listing for this double live album, starts off, of course, with uh, Churchill's speech. Then we go to Aces High, Two Minutes to Midnight, Revelations, The Trooper, Wasted Years, Number of the Beast, Can I Play with Madness, and then Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner closes out disc number one. Disc number two opens up with Power Slave, Heaven Can Wait, Run to the Hills, Fear of the Dark, Iron Maiden, Moonchild, The Clairvoyant, and then wraps up nicely with Hallowed Be Thy Name from Toronto, Canada. Now, all of the tracks from this live album were recorded with throughout various concerts throughout the first leg of their Somewhere Back in Time tour. We go from India to Australia, Japan, Mexico, L.A., New Jersey, Brazil, and then it all wraps up in uh, Joe's nice little town of Toronto, Canada. So I give you Iron Maiden Flight 666. If you're a Maiden fan, check it out. If you're not, this might be the live album that could turn you on to Maiden. So that's what I got for the music round. And Bruce Dickinson is a pilot, so he could have flown Flight 666. He did. If you watch the movie, that's a lot of the story around is he flies their plane. The cock and the walk, baby. Yeah. All their gear, everything. He is the pilot. Yeah. So it's, you know, not only does he sing in the shows, he flies the fucking plane. He puts puts his pants on one leg at a time. Just like anybody else. Everybody else. It's all the same. Except for he, when he does, he makes gold records. Yeah, I I broadcast a show that was all about airports and stuff like that, and it covered specifically him. They were like they were landing there and getting everything off, and it was like he came out and he was dressed full on like a pilot too. Like it's yeah. not like he's in like jeans or anything like that. He is like he looks oh, like he is a pilot. Yeah, like if you didn't know him yep. to recognize him, like to recognize him as a rock star, you would just be like, oh, that that pilot looks a little disheveled, but not very. <laughs> Yeah, when he's in pilot, he takes it very seriously, yeah. as you should. I mean, you're a fucking pilot. Yeah. Somebody tell Harrison Ford that. <laughs> we know most of them are drunk, so, you know. This is your captain speaking. <laughs> All right, well, that's the end of the one-point rounds. Bunwine, Bob, what is your verdict on the music round? Fallout Boy, right? Fallout Boy. <laughs> hey, Chucky, you sold it so I, I, well. I do Fall have I, I do have a, a soft spot for Fallout Boy. I don't know what I during that time period in two thousand five. And hey, uh, and they they sold a couple fucking records. I know that. I not that not that I gave a shit, but <laughs> now did I actually buy those records? No. Did I acquire them from some file sharing sites? I don't know. You didn't hear that here, guys. Lime, that didn't happen. LimeWire? Uh, which one? Which wire? I, I, don't, I don't know if it was that. It was probably some some torrent sites at that point in my uh, in my time during my, one of my... Uh, yeah, I was I was very deep into those downloading God knows yes. what. Yes. It was 2005, yes. we're talking Pirate Bay. Pirate Come Bay! On. We know what we're talking about here. Yep. We can say it. Yep. I I didn't actually go on Pirate Bay as much. I was on like some of those lower end, like ones that would pop up every now yeah. and then. You you didn't know any day if it would actually be live when you would wake that, that up was and say kind of like oh, live LimeWire was. Well, yeah, that you're rolling the dice on that. Okay, am I getting a, a, a real song or something else? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, LimeWire was also released in May of 2000. It was actually my second choice for Hot Prime. Nah, that would have been another good one. <laughs> Missed miss right. that one. Yeah. Missed that one. Yeah, dude. but but Chucky, yeah. Well, yes. I during that time that 
that Fallout Boy album in 2005. Wallace. Everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. I mean, yeah, Sucked. not my like top <laughs> tier, but you know, yeah. you found yourself singing along to some of those songs, yeah. and you're like, yeah. "Son of a bitch, they they got me." <laughs> or or someone, or you know, a girl you were you know into liked it. You know, so. Exactly right. <laughs> something right. You know, something right. You're at a you're at a party, and that's yeah. what got put on, and it right. was like, okay, you know, whatever. It's catchy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Then, I uh, get it. I yeah. Get it. <laughs> And, and Mark, I don't know if you had picked "Relapse" by Eminem, would it have helped you out here? Uh, I don't know, but Iron, Ma- Iron Maiden is is a solid pick. You know, any any decade, uh, anytime there's some release from them, you can't really go wrong with Hell with no. Iron Maiden. But when Joe brings Eminem into it and the Marshall Mathers LP, I mean, that was uh, I played the hell out of, and that was an actual CD that I did actually purchase. In a store, so I, I did buy that one. I did not acquire that one through other means, but I remember playing that constantly. And my friends, it was just a whole big. It was like a movement with that Eminem album at that time. When you said it really established him as a main player and not just some one album, one hit wonder. And it was like, holy shit, this guy can actually make some good music and. He's still out there today doing it. So, hey, kudos to Eminem for that. And Joe gets the points in the in the music round. All right, Joe Finley, you jump out to a lead. Heading into our first two-point round, you also have control of that board. Where are we going next, man? Well, I am whatever you say I am, and you say I'm winning, so it must be so. Uh, so I'm going to select the news. And so I'm going to go to May 13th. We're going to uh, use our good friends at newspapers.com here. And I'm going to go to the, I'm going to go to the Akron Beacon Journal for this one. And I actually avoided the sadness. We had, I had, (laughs) I had two options, a fireworks factory explosion (laughs) in the Netherlands Or this one. I mean, there were, uh, yes, there were obviously other things happened in May of 2000, but these these were the two that were the most notable to me. So uh, on May 13th, 2000, the uh, Cedar Point in Sandusky, Ohio, uh, launched Millennium Force, which at the time was the tallest and fastest roller coaster. But I want to rewind a couple weeks to May the 1st, 2000. And this wonderful article, and it's very short, but I'm going to read the entire thing to you because when uh, when Chucky says that the 2000s aren't retro, I'm going to slap you in the face with a bunch of words here that are going to show how <laughs> retro the year 2000 really was. 2000 was the line. 2000 appears to have been the line. It was the <laughs> line. <laughs> Everything changed after 9-11, but it was mostly music tastes. <laughs> but... All right. So here it is. You don't have to wait until Cedar Point opens May 13th to get a bird's eye view of the park's newest roller coaster, Millennium Force. Cedar Point's webpage, in parentheses, HTTP colon backslash backslash www.cedarpoint.com, parentheses, features a video that will put you in the front seat of a $25 million ride that drops at a bone chilling 80 degree angle. The video is available through streaming technology, which means you don't have to download the video on your hard drive. It plays with the help of a real player or QuickTime application. However, the video image is rather small. 
For a better view, visitors can download a 13 megabit file onto their hard drive that can be played with an MPEG viewer, which is probably on your hard drive. The file could take an hour to download on computers connected to the internet with a traditional phone modem, but the payoff is a video that takes up most of your monitor. Most of your monitor. <laughs> most. <laughs> so park officials say that Millennium Force breaks 10 world records, including being the tallest roller coaster at 310 feet and fastest at 92 miles an hour. Uh, the website has other features celebrating the park's 14th roller coaster, including email postcards that you can send to your friends, a coaster webcam, and a diary uh, con a diary construction workers kept during the building process. Then just as a little note at the end of it, for free internet service or download uh, or downloads that are worth sharing, email Paula Shells and then it has all of her information. So that was a time like, are you discovering the internet? Like email me, like, like <laughs> email send me a message. Send me what's a message. This, what's this new MySpace thing I keep hearing? About? Right? <laughs> this, this Tom guy, he's got so many friends. Uh, but, no. but the really interesting thing about this ride, so this ride is still a powerhouse at Cedar Point and in North America in general. It is still... This is the interesting thing about this. It has been named 10 times since its launch the number one steel roller coaster in the world. Oh, no, sorry, in North America. And not once between the year 2000 and 2021 has it gone below number two. It is like it, it is widely regarded as the best roller coaster on this continent and then that fun article just you know sealed the deal for me so <laughs> i give you from may 1st being introduced to a roller coaster on the internet in akron ohio wow <laughs> what kind of crazy attraction park do you have if you have to lure kids in by telling them all about all the fun stuff and then one of the added attractions is come on down kids you can read construction workers journals <laughs> Yeah, that's exciting. That's like an, an added bonus, you know? Oh, man. <laughs> All right, Chucky, what did you bring this week for the news round? All righty, here we go. We're going to get uh, into some news, but in the uh, it's a little bit different news. Uh, uh, this highly anticipated film uh, was uh, I'm bringing today is uh, a decades in the making and in 2005 was the big the big news of the summer, uh, sharing headlines with whatever the fuck else was going on in 05. Um, George Lucas directing his final opus in a long-running film series. I'm not even going to fucking kayfabe Star Wars Episode 3. Uh, was set for <laughs> 2005 summer release. Uh, Lucas uh, began writing the script before production of Attack of the Clones ended. Citing he wanted the end of the trilogy to have similar aspects to a romantic tragedy. Uh, production of Revenge of the Sith started in September 2003 and filming took place in Australia with additional locations in Thailand, Switzerland, China, Italy, and United Kingdom. Uh, Revenge of the Sith premiered on May 15, 2005 at the Cannes, Cannes Film Festival, <clears throat> then released worldwide May 19, 2005. It broke several box office records during its opening week and went on to earn over $868 million worldwide, making it the second highest grossing film in the Star Wars franchise at the time. It was also the highest grossing film in the U.S. and the second highest grossing film worldwide in 2005. The film also holds the record for the highest opening day gross on Thursday, making $50 million. Naturally, this is the darkest of the prequels in this trilogy. They, uh, deliver, they really delivered. 
Uh, I'm one of the ones who stands by episode three when others geeks are bashing the prequels. Uh, I do recall in 2005, I was pretty stoked and felt like a big Star Wars release was being was upon us and uh, merchandising ties and, you know, back to the uh, BK kids meals and, uh, and, you know, waiting in massive lines to see the movie, which I did for this and Phantom Menace um, and Attack of the Clones. Um, lots of uh, action, Master Yoda leading the Jedi War. Uh, we get to see Order 66 go down in a bad way. Uh, all-star cast returning, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, Natalie Portman as Padme, Samuel L. motherfucking Jackson as Jedi Master Mace Window, motherfucker, uh, Ian McDermott as Palpatine the Emperor, all the favorites are back from the past, Christopher Lee, Anthony Daniels, Kenny Baker, Frank motherfucking Oz, and of course, Hayden Christensen, Anakin, no, Vader, <laughs> Vader Skywalker. And as we wrap up the first saga that led to the other first trilogy, that is Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, released May 19th, 2005. As the tagline says, the saga is complete. Or until Lucas sells it to Disney years later. Mm, suck it, you was. <laughs> that was your news? <laughs> you say was that yeah. news? Yeah, that was news. <laughs> I saw. I, I remember seeing that in headlines with like whatever the fuck wars were going on and shit. They're like, in other yeah. news, Star Wars is opening this weekend. Yeah, you know, it's like it was. Yeah, it was. It's it definitely big. big news. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I was just like, I was like, what is your movie? If that was your news. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that, that my yeah, that's what that was. I'm glad that we did it in this order because I changed it at the end, and I was like, well, this was part of the headlines. I'm going to go with a different movie, because there was another movie that... Yeah. We'll see. No. Stay <laughs> tuned, guys. Stay tuned. Stay, stay that, tuned. That's good for retention. That's, yeah. <laughs> that was a great pick, Chucky, but I've never heard of an Obi-Wan Kenobi. I know, Oh, right? wait. You don't mean old Ben Kenobi, do yeah. you? <laughs> I think yeah, he meant Obi-Wan-Kenobi. <laughs> Nobody wanted me to COVID to nobody. All right, guys. So for the news round this week, ah, I'm excited about this one. This is my favorite pick of the week, I have to say. So for news, I went back, to, of course, to our good friends at newspapers.com, and I looked through, you know, what's going on on the local scene. I always like to check out local news. So I found a, a pretty cool event that I'm sure all of us would like to attend. So I found an article for it in the Associated Press, uh, May 22nd, 2009, uh, out of Seattle. It says, a teacher who became notorious in the 1990s for having an affair with a sixth grader is hosting a hot for teacher night <laughs> at a Seattle bar along with the former student, now her husband. The bar owner, Mike Morris, says Mary Kay Letourneau has served her sentence and it's okay for the couple to have some fun. The 47-year-old Letourneau served seven years in prison after pleading guilty in 1997 to raping Vili Falau, now 26. They met when Falau was in second grade and began their affair when he was 12 and she was a 34-year-old married mother of four. They were married in 2005 and have two daughters together. Morris says Saturday night's event at Fuel Sports Eats and Beats will be their third Hot for Teacher night. She <laughs> greets people in Vili Falau DJs. So I've actually gone online and I've found, you can find pictures from this night. I thought you were going to say, I thought, I'm sorry, I thought you were going to say I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> 
I went there. <laughs> I had to check it out. <laughs> of course he fucking DJs. <laughs> of course he does. Anyone, anyone want, want, want to guess what Billy Falau is playing? Pony by Genuine? <laughs> no. <laughs> that was just so... Morning, <laughs> isn't, isn't that the fucking the, the poor or the uh, stripper song? I mean... <laughs> No, Billy Flau was playing Led Zeppelin in the club for some reason. Uh, I don't. That was my second guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? So, yeah, that's what you know. When you're playing at a dance club, everyone cranks up the Zeppelin. Freebird. So. But yeah, unfortunately, there is some sadness to this story. Uh, Mary Kay Letourneau did die of cancer in July 2020. <sighs> so that's what I got for my news round. If you're in Seattle, 2009. Why don't you go over to Fuel Sports Eats and Beats for Hot for Teacher Night, hosted by Mary Kay Letourneau. All I hear is genuine fucking pony in my head now. Bow. Bow. Let's, let's be Bow. clear for legal reasons. Genuine never fucked a pony. Yeah. <laughs> he just, I just hear genuine fucking a, fucked a pony or fucking pony. To be fair, uh, yeah. we don't know that. Mm. <laughs> It's true. We, we it's, don't know. It's all, we don't, we don't all, know I mean, for sure. You know, R. Kelly pissing on people, genuine fucking ponies. We don't know. <laughs> don't know. It, was, it was a crazy time. You know, yeah. it was a crazy time. Don't even ask what Jody C was getting into. No. <laughs> <laughs> or Belle Biv DeVoe. <laughs> all right, Bob, it's up to you. What is your verdict on the news round? Oh, man, another tough round here to, to sort through, man. <laughs> I mean, while, while Chucky gave us this whole big spiel on uh, on Star Wars, <laughs> I, I mean, we all got confused for a minute there. We were like, wait, is this the movie round or is this the news round? Good. <laughs> Illusions. I'm confusing you guys. Jedi mind tricks. Yeah, see, see that that's what he's trying to do. <laughs> Unfortunately, Chucky, this was not the round you were looking for. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, yes, definitely Star Wars 2005. Definitely a, a big, big event. It's wrapping uh, up, hard, man. It was wrapping it all that. up. <laughs> That's it. But it's wrapping up neat little package. Yeah. You know, well, until years later. Uh, but at the time, everybody's like, okay, it's done. It's over with. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. But but uh, then Joe, I, at this point, we, we, sat, <laughs> we sat through so much of, of Chucky and his rundown. I had to remember, I'm like, what did Joe bring to the table here? And, and I was like, oh, yeah, the roller coaster and, and, the, and the, the original streaming of that, which is just yes, a big event news the back of the news of like oh you can stream video now on the internet or you can download it for an hour and sit there and and wait for this little tiny video like i said this video might take up your whole screen now how good that quality is that, that that's debatable i think it was in like 30p <laughs> right <laughs> it was like yeah you can you can put it in full screen mode but you're going to see all every little pixel of everything like hey what is this is this going down the the hill like Okay, I, I can't see this. <laughs> that video has to be out there still somewhere. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Is this video in witness protection? Is that... <laughs> yeah, it, it's been scrubbed from the internet now. It's like, no, it never happened, never existed. You can't get yeah. that again. Uh, but but Mark coming in with the, the Hot for Teacher Night, which I thought at first was going to be like a strip club event, which is how they should have done it. I yep. mean, really, I mean, why would you not do that? I mean, when you say Hot for Teacher, you think of, of Van Halen, hot for teacher, and you're thinking of being at a strip club and seeing, you know, 
know, various teachers, you know, doing doing their thing. You know, you got got to get got to make that money somehow. I mean, we we don't discriminate here. You do what you got to do to make a living. And and Mark gets that kind of a, a 90s carryover into yeah. the the late 2000s at at that at that point too. Uh but I think just because of the the craziness and just wackiness of the story I, I give the points to, to Mark and the, the Hop Teacher Night for the for the, the news round. Yeah. <laughs> this Here one. All right. Well, this game is now all tied up. Me and Joe with two points apiece. Uh, Chucky's way back there somewhere. It's that damn Fallout Boy. The Fallout <laughs> yeah. Boy screwed him over. <laughs> it fucking cursed me. Cursed me. Cursed. <laughs> so we got one round left, gentlemen. That's going to be the movies round. Uh, so for my movie pick this week, I give you the biggest Disney downer since, spoilers, Bambi's mom is shot. Released May 29th, 2009, I give you Disney's Up, starring the voices of Ed Asner, Jordan Nagai, John Ratzenberger, Christopher Plummer, and Delroy Lindo. Now, if you've never seen this movie, the first 15 minutes of this movie <laughs> is just absolutely gut-wrenching. It is, if you're an adult watching it, you will cry your eyes out in the first 15 minutes, and then you got to sit there looking like an idiot <laughs> with your kid for the rest of the film. It's yeah. fucking horrible. So the story tells us all of Carl Fredrickson. He's a 78-year-old balloon salesman who is about to fulfill a lifelong dream. Kidnapping a small child. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, no. Jesus Christ. I mean, think about it. This is a fucking Disney movie. They got a balloon salesman who fucking loses his wife in the first. That's fucking whole. That's the t- most terrible. Like, how are you supposed to sit through the rest of the fucking movie? This balloon salesman lost his fucking wife in the first five minutes. How are you supposed to go? How is that to begin a movie? What the fuck, Disney? Like, what? So in this movie, the 70-year-old balloon salesman, his lifelong dream, he uh, he ties thousands of balloons to his house and he flies away to the South American wilderness. But the curmudgeon Carl's worst nightmares come true when he discovers a little boy named Russell is a stowaway aboard the balloon-powered house. This animated classic actually won two Oscars, including Best Animated Feature, and it was nominated for 87 other awards. Uh, this was the very first time an animated film, as well as the first 3D film, were ever to open the Cannes Film Festival. And uh, all time, the worldwide gross on Disney's Up, $731 million off just a $174 million budget. People love being sad. I give you Disney's Up. <laughs> they do they do they love that <laughs> you'd be you'd be a curmudgeon too if you lost your wife <laughs> that it, it, it's the worst yeah. freaking disney movie man it is it is and it made oh so God. much goddamn money oh my God. <laughs> people love it people love it man tragedy tragedy to sells all right chucky you're up next what do you got for the movies round well we know it's not star wars <laughs> it's not Star Wars. <laughs> oh God! Okay, so this movie has listen to this fucking cast: Morgan Freeman, Bob Hoskins, and Jet Li. That's a hell of a fucking cast for such an unusual and bizarre movie that I found here. Crime boss Bart, played by the late great Bob Hoskins, raises an orphan, Danny Jet Li, 
with no knowledge of anything other than how to fight, using him as an enforcer when debts must be collected, planning to enter Danny into a fight tournament and retire with the prize money, Bart disappears after a deadly drive-by shooting. Danny the dog, yeah, they call him a dog in this movie, as Hoskins refers to him throughout the entire film, flees uh, and takes, no pun intended, uh, flees and takes shelter with a piano tuner named Morgan Freeman. (laughs) Sam, 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 Morgan Freeman, of course. Uh, Away from Bart's abusive control and shot collar. Yes, this gangster has his Asian... Young man wearing a shot collar calls him a dog and has him fight. This is a real movie in 2005. <laughs> Just, uh, I didn't make this up. This is a real movie. Danny learns how to live like a human and begins investigating his past. Lots of gently unleashed ass whoopings and Bob Hoskins laughing as a blind Morgan Freeman drops knowledge on this bitch. <laughs> uh, I give you Unleashed, the Jet Lee vehicle, theatrically released. May 13th, 2005. This movie I heard was actually written for Jet Li. For whatever An interesting side note, Bob Hoskins <laughs> actually plays the same character in that movie as he did in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It was supposed to be a Roger Rabbit sequel in where he entered Roger <laughs> Rabbit into fighting tournaments. Right. Yeah, they just they, they changed that at the last minute. Oh, Jet Li, all right, you're, you're getting tagged in now. All right. <laughs> Tunes can take a beating. The role was originally written for Pluto, but... He backed out at the last minute. (laughs) That makes sense because he's a dog, so. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Joe Finley, the game is in your hands. Why don't you wrap us up with the movies round? Well, I have something interesting here because it actually combines little bits of both of your movies. Uh, It combines uh, a person being forced to fight against their will and also gives us a lot of uh, loved one deaths really early in a movie. Uh, I I take your one person dying in the first bit and I raise a whole family when a former Roman general sets out to exact vengeance against a corrupt emperor who murdered his family and sent him into slavery. May 5th, 2000. I give you Ridley Scott's Gladiator. Movie stars Russell Crowe, Joaquin Phoenix, Richard Harris, and Jaimin Hunsu, as well as a, just a bevy of other recognizable people from Ralph Weller to Tommy Flanagan. A lot of character dudes with really, you know, they got the faces for this kind of movie. It takes you through kind of the Roman Empire. It was one of those real special like everybody wanted to see how it was made kind of thing all the behind the scenes kind of stuff with it it was uh kind of an early one for that as far as like seeing with the cg you know where it wasn't like just a cg monster it was like cg backgrounds and recreating the coliseum and all of these different things the movie won five oscars including best picture and best actor was nominated for seven more oscars including best director and supporting actor It won in total 59 awards out of 106 nominations. It was the second highest grossing film of 2000 worldwide behind Mission Impossible 2. It made a total of $460 million on a $100 million budget. Uh, This movie was an absolute powerhouse. Uh, To date is Russell Crowe's favorite movie that he did in America. And yeah, it's just one of those swords and sandals classics. I give you Gladiator. All right, Bob, this game is all up to you. It's down to your final verdict. Uh, What do you have for the movies round? All right, this is a, well, it's a somewhat tough one. 
uh, Chucky. Good, good effort, my friend. <laughs> well, well, I mean, your 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 movie does sound very interesting when you when you think of Jet Li in the action, and I don't know why I think of Jet Li that the early two thousands more than two thousand five. I mean, not that it's that far away, but I mean, it was like Jet Li, Morgan Freeman. You're like, oh, this has got to be a, a great movie. But I'm like, honestly, I, ne- I never heard of the movie. Before. Yeah, but maybe had it been Roger Rabbit, you know, maybe it would have been a, <laughs> a bigger hit, you know. But <laughs> I should, I should, I should have, I should have brought Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, but then when it comes down to the final two, it's it's a tough call, and Mark brought the the downer in in up, and, but is one of like I said, people in Disneyland. It, the Disney, when I say Disneyland, I mean the Disney World of <laughs> World up there conglomerate. Pun yeah, intended. think that. Oh yeah, like any Disney movie resolves around some sort of a tragedy of either parents dying or spouse or some somebody dies in the majority of a Disney movie at some point. And the craziest thing is, in most Disney movies, everybody dies from falling. And in the one fucking yeah. movie where there's a flying house, nobody dies from falling. <laughs> You're waiting. You're, you heard. You're like, okay. You're like, okay. His wife dies. You're like, oh Jeez. yeah. They they go up in this big balloon house, and then she like topples over the edge, and then splatters. You're like, no. oh no, no, no. This is before. No, okay. Yeah, yeah, this is before that. Yeah. See. No. <laughs> and then Joe brings along a another form, most more of of death and killing, and and Gladiator, which was a massive, massive movie for the time period, and still is today. Just with Russell Crowe and that whole ensemble of a cast, and just at that time, like we were saying, was really groundbreaking in the movie scene of how they put the whole thing together. Uh, it, it's a tough call between the two of you, but I think I have to give Joe the nod with Gladiator for the movie's round to take this one. Wow. I'm shocked. Joe Finley, for this game, oh. you indeed are the Gladiator. <laughs> Are you not entertained? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Congratulations, Joe. Uh, that was you. an interesting battle. You know, it's just something we wanted to try here on the game is uh, incorporate the 2000s. Not every game will be all 2000s. Uh, normally it would be 80s versus 90s versus 2000, 2000s. Just add a little bit of contrast back into the game and uh, spice things up a bit. I mean, it is. Hey, it is retro now. I mean, it's it's going on. It's 2022, right? Yeah, the early mid 2000s. I like to think that I leveled it out with the you know you guys being so positive about it. Meh, <laughs> <I'm never laughs> like, just fucking meh. <laughs> so going going forward, going forward, Chucky only gets the 80s and 90s when the 2000s are involved. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Please, please, please only invite me back when we're doing the 80s and 90s, maybe the 70s, but, uh, yeah, I'm, uh... It's all about the kid. The, 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 kids, the kids these days love their 2000s. Come on. Yeah, baby. Damn kids. Well, congratulations, Joe, for picking up the win in this brand new episode of our show. Uh, speaking of brand new episodes, why don't you tell everybody what you've got going on on your show and on your YouTube channel? Well, thank you very much. Uh, I'm still very shocked at that. I thought Up was going to take that for certain. But um, 
yeah, I got some good stuff going on. Actually, uh, Star Wars Episode Three was mentioned. By the time this episode comes out, you will be able to go on our YouTube page or anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, so that's for uh, youtube.com slash miscastcommentary. And you can watch our full commentary of Star Wars Episode Three that we are releasing in... Um, in tandem with the release of Obi-Wan on Disney+. Plus, uh, Also, if we're talking about Disney, by the time, hopefully by the time this comes out, because this has been taking me a really long time, but I will have finally released my videos on my personal YouTube page, that's youtube.com slash miscastjoe, which will chronicle my trip to uh, Walt Disney World for a big media event that I went to at the beginning of this month uh, that covered the opening of the Guardians of the Galaxy um, Cosmic Rewind ride, as well as the 50th anniversary. It was an amazing trip. Uh, I got to experience a lot of cool things, and uh, yeah, I hope that I'll be able to kind of get a good, decent vlog of that put together and put on my channel so you can check it out. Awesome. Can't wait to check those out. All right, Chucky, what do you have coming up on Garbage Pail Flicks? Uh, well, we're all about finding things from the past, particularly anything pre-millennium. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, like Mr. Our Radar or, you know, you know, Retro Enlightenment, yada, yada. Um, there's always a uh, new video content on YouTube, Garbage Pail Flicks, uh, Twitch streaming once in a while, uh, the Gram, uh, you know, mostly, uh, videos on there. And now we're on archives.org. A huge shout out to internetarchives.org. Uh, my, uh, you know, couldn't uh, push them enough. There, it's a, it's a great uh, platform for videos. Um, uh, we all, we have content almost daily and weekly uploads uh, for you know the nostalgic types. Um, unofficial tribute to Gilbert Gottfried who passed away last month uh, with some USA Up All Night episodes that we've been uploading. Uh, you know, fresh from my my VHS player. Uh, Hash Brown tune in trash out. Hash Brown garbage pail flicks. Check it out. Uh, thanks again for inviting me to play and lose once again. <laughs> uh, what are we on account now? Like eight? Am I eight uh, you know. Good old O for Chucky. Or is it O, o for eight? O for eight? Every time you yeah. think about it, just think about Susan Lucci and how sweet it was when she finally got That's that right. first win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll there get you it. Go. You'll get it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, when you throw a 2005 at me. <laughs> But when you throw Star Wars into the news. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but if you think about it, when you really think about it, it was fucking It is. News. You can't deny it. Yes, it was, it was news. news. You cannot deny that. Oh, it was no. It was definitely news. I just think that it was a stronger move. Right. <laughs> it was It was a power move for me. I mean, you know. I'm gonna... How'd that work out for you, Chucky? <laughs> <laughs> And on to our judge for this evening, Mr. Bumwine Bob. Bob, why don't you tell everybody what we're drinking coming up on Bumming with Bobcat? Hopefully some Colt 45, right? Oh, it's always Colt 45. <laughs> I, got all, I, was, I was drinking some Mickey. I was, I was drinking some Mickey's here tonight uh, for our here. But, but I do got some Colt 45 because, well, by the time this uh, episode drops here, we'll be wrapping up Malt Liquor May. And MD 2020 May as we move on to the month of June. And I have a whole fridge full of some new beverages to crack open and enjoy. So so stay tuned to the website at bumwinebob.com and Bumming with Bobcat on all your favorite podcast apps where we cover the best of the worst in cheap booze. 
and bring some special guests along for the ride. You never know who might show up. You know, it could be could be one of these guys possibly on the show. Could be somebody from your favorite uh, adult uh, entertainment side. Maybe we get somebody from the Hot for Teacher Night from the local strip club. You never know. You never know who might show up on on Bumming with Bobcat. <laughs> do I? Do I ever? I, I want to make a request, Bob. I want to see you interview your liver. <laughs> Well, on that note, Uh, Duelers, we wanted to say thank you for tuning in to this brand new episode of Dueling Decades. Now, if you've missed an episode, you can always head over to DuelingDecades.com, where you can check out all of our past episodes there on the website. Remember to like, review, and subscribe to the show. So until next time, Duelers, we're going to bid you a peace, love, light, and a joy. Have a grateful week, everyone. Podcast Podcast New York. Be heard.